0: Hey everyone and what's up and welcome to the Encrypted podcast. Encrypted is the Middle East's first and largest podcast dedicated to blockchain and crypto assets. I'm your host, Ahmed al Balaghi. We have another recording, another episode for you guys. And this was recorded in the Far East in Shanghai when I was traveling. Our special guest in this episode is James War, who's the founder and CEO of Digital Finance Group. We talk about how James is building a crypto empire at age 27, how he is building a China Middle East bridge, and the current developments in the Chinese blockchain ecosystem. Before we start, I want to give a shout out to our amazing two sponsors. CBX, which is a multinational exchange with clients in over 50 countries. Not only does it have a delightful experience, but it's always a benefit to personally or the founders of CBX, who have quite an experienced background in the financial markets. And so I place a great faith in the operations and security of this exchange. What's more, CBX regularly has new project listings and many promotions, And just by having an account, you'll be entered into the Airdrops program on a weekly basis. So I invite you all to check them out at CBX.1 to trade your cryptocurrencies. Our second sponsor is Gibral. Gibral Network believes in a digital future and an open financial system. Powered by emerging technologies and is driven by a mission to redefine how companies are built, funded and managed. Gibral.com is a blockchain native alternative investment platform that enables investors and startups to connect in a new way to create capital formation. The platform brings access to global liquidity, transparency to investors and reach to startups. For more details or to apply for early consideration, please visit jibril.com. That's J-I-B-R-E-L.com. I'd really like to thank those who have been supporting the show both sponsors and also our listeners and our amazing community i remember you could support us in any way possible you can subscribe rate and review the show and you could also share the podcast on your social media and any other way you feel like supporting i really hope you enjoy this episode hello everyone and what's up welcome to encrypted i'm your host ahmed al balaghi i'm here in shanghai again for an amazing blockchain week. And with me is a new friend, James War from DFG. James is an awesome individual, been, you know, very in, in Chinese you call it DDR, right? Um, very like low key, very low level, but really interesting individual who's been like building stuff and really actually, I'm very sure he's building a crypto empire as we speak. So James, say hi. Hello everyone, this is James. So could you quickly give an introduction about yourself?
1: Sure. Hello everyone, I'm James. I'm the founder of DFG Digital Finance Group and also the founder of ETC Labs, a certain Classic Incubator. So I personally get into crypto about like six years ago and start trading crypto on the second market. Uh that time that mainly about Bitcoin and Litecoin. Uh then like three years ago I started like 80 million dollar venture capitals where uh, belongs to DFG and investing in a bunch of great startups in the United States and generally probably more than two X return, which is you know, which is good. And meanwhile, we are thinking about not only just doing investment on the second market and private market, then we decide to, you know, start our own business. In US, we have more than 40 people for now to operate in the DFG US office, mainly related to some Classic. We're operating the core dev team, incubator, and as well as the community. And in China, we have around like 250 people running a bunch of different projects. We have a licensed, you know, exchange in Middle East, in Abu Dhabi. We are operating another interesting, you know, decentralized wallet, which generates more than a million users in China and also operating another crypto to crypto chain called BitSoda. So we do a bunch of also business in, in China as well.
0: Wow. Awesome stuff. Definitely. I'm definitely seeing an empire emerging here. So I want to pick up on the first thing that you mentioned, which is the $80 million venture fund, right? That's a pretty big number for a crypto venture fund, particularly here in China. How did you guys raise that money? Was it sort of from the profits that you guys had originally sort of brought in from the trading? And where did all your investments go?
1: Yeah, so actually it's like your fund structure, but it's more like your own capital. So we didn't raise money from the public, it's all from our parent company, mm-hmm. which is a diversified, very big diversified finance group based in Shanghai, China. You know, I, I just convinced them to dig into the blockchain industry and the crypto industry. They are interested in, you know, taking a lot. So we just have to share the common vision ideas, mm-hmm. and ideas we started venture capital speaking of the you know our portfolio company and about the ways we do investment we really care about the different bunch of use cases exchange and as, as well as the core infrastructure level business so based on that logic we most of our you know capital allocate to the startups in this in the valley and also in diff, different you know other regions as well but we invest in different use exchange like the largest one in Mexico called biso also probably you know circle circle is also largest otc market right so also investing to circle and also the large largest one in India called Unicoin. So basically we invest a bunch of different change, And one more is very interesting called LedgerX, which is one of the four gathered license from the FTC to working on the, you know, Bitcoin, basically derivative market, especially for the options. So yeah, we allocate a lot of capital to the exchange for others. We also allocate capital to the great use cases. For, for example, we invest into Brave. Which is the, created by the Brandon, who's the father of JavaScript, and they can generate a lot of traffic in the yeah. crypto industry. Basically, everyone in the crypto industry use Brave as their browser, and also we invest into Blog, which are, you know, founded by J- uh, Jeff Garzik, which is a, kind of like a to be you know enterprise solution blockchain yeah. services. So we basically we also invest into the blockchain use cases, you know, both like to the business and also to the customer. And others, we also invest into kind of like more like infrastructure level things. The first one we, you know, invest is called Rootstock, SK, which is build kind of a side chain on top of Bitcoins. And also then we try to get more deep into the infrastructure level business. Then we are not using the venture fund to invest in the company, but we select a certain classic and investing heavily into that public blockchain as well.
0: All right, that's really interesting. So essentially, you guys convinced a large financial group here in China that this is the industry to look at, so this is the industry to sort of to invest in, and you provided two to three x returns, which is really good. All right. So do you have like something or some ideas that most people don't believe, but that you deeply believe?
1: You mean, if we take a look at like here, uh, you know, yeah. if we take a look at it uh, in the world, I think cryptocurrencies still believe as a small number of people, right? So I'm like a fully believer in the cryptocurrency, you know, or I'm a fully believer of crypto in in this industry. So that is, you know, a small proportion of people compared to, to the rest, right? But what I mean is in the crypto
0: industry per se. So there's so many people who believe in this, but don't believe in that. So do you have any views that you see that, you know, you deeply believe in within the crypto and the blockchain industry that other people in this industry wouldn't necessarily agree with?
1: Sure. I think, I'm not sure whether I'm right or not, but I, I guess from my, you know, connection resources and the other discussion with the partners and people in this industry, I think a lot of people believe in POS post in the future. Uh, I think. What, what is POS if you could just explain that quickly? That is called proof of stake. Basically, you know, several major blockchain use proof of stake, like, like a, a 2.0, Polkadot and their Cosmos. What they are doing is like, if you can, you know, and allocate your Polkadot, put it into a smart contract so that you will get a certain amount of like a new out every year. So that is the, you know, mechanism of a mistake. For the BOW that order, you know, cryptocurrency are, you know, produced by order you know, mining machines. There's different kind of ways of producing the new cryptocurrency. So that is the difference between proof of stake and proof of POW and BOS from the you know production side. So I think most of people, I mean, not probably most of people, but at least a lot of people believe in proof of stake. It's the only future of the cryptocurrency world, and it's the only future of public blockchain. What I'm taking a different kind of view. I think in the future it will be a combination of proof of work and proof of stake, which means there will be several large public blockchain use proof of work. There will be probably the other several large public blockchain use proof of stake. I think these two mechanisms will coexist in long term so that is probably an interesting you know opinion in my mind a lot of people you know they don't believe in proof of stake and basically the the reason is that you don't need so many mining machines you don't need to pay in so much electricity fees it's a kind of waste of like energy and you know proof of stake you save a lot of resources so that is the reason which they are taking and why proof of stake is the future but i think that's partially true but if if you take a look at proof of work it's like a fully decentralized and fair and safe, so there still will be a lot of very important advantage of proof of stake. I think you know, and also based on the use case side, different kind of use cases will be suitable for different kind of blockchain. Some of them may be suitable for build on top of proof of work blockchain. Some of them are suitable for build on top of proof of stake blockchain. So if we take a look that side, that also you know divide into two different categories. So in long term, I don't see any reasons why proof of stake will kill proof of work or proof of work will kill. State. They will coexist in long-term, but serve a different functions, and suitable for different kind of use cases.
0: Yeah. I'd also kind of agree with that. I, I do like the proof of work belief system, and although it consumes a lot of electricity, there's a lot of ways to use renewable energy to, to mine coins. All right. So we, we have a couple of minutes left. I want to sort of get your thoughts on a few other things. So if Bitcoin or Ethereum was falling off a cliff, which one would
1: you save and why? Uh, it's really the, probably the hardest question in this world. <laughs> I think, you know, if I going to choose one, it's very hard to say. Really, it's very hard to say. If I'm going to choose one, I'm good to, I'm going to choose Ethereum. It's probably, you know, you know, there are a lot of like Bitcoin list I know, but my reason is pretty simple. I think Bitcoin will serve as digital gold to avoid all the risk, but that is probably the only function or the only vision of Bitcoin, certain could be more flexible. There will be different kind of use cases built on top of Ethereum. So people believe the vision of, you know, when you think about Ethereum, you will think about ICO, but that is the, you know, visions on 2017 for Ethereum. If you think about Bitcoin, you will think about Bitcoin as digital but that is basically for every year. So Ethereum have more flexibility in the future, which means there will be different kind of use cases, different kind of applications, different kind of apps, whatever to build on top of Ethereum. You could always try to find a new industry, could be DeFi, could be gaming, could be others to build on top of Ethereum. So the vision of Ethereum is to build a solid foundation and you can have a bunch of different use cases on top of it. So it's very too hard to say what is the real vision of ISN. So it is also the flexibility is always good, which means you can always try to find a big industry to target and try to realize that vision. So I think the future eventually is' could be bigger.
0: So, of course, people are interested always about what's happening in China politically, economically, socially, all of these different factors that affect how the Chinese economy works. And like, of course, you live here, you're from here. I'm sure our listeners would be interested to learn a bit more about. So maybe we could take it from a bottom up approach. So how is the blockchain ecosystem going on here? Has it slowed? Has it it sort of been stable? And how is that affecting sort of the other verticals, such as sort of the VC industry and the finance industry? Are they really interlinked or are they very, very far away from each other that, you know, the VC industry and the finance industry have their own problems, for example?
1: Okay, so I think, you know, the situation here is still very promising for the whole crypto industry in China. First of all, I think Jeremy from the CEO of Circle mentioned that, in you know, the policy of China is ahead of U.S. whatever reasons in the cryptocurrency industry. And it's possibly true the PBOC already issued its cryptocurrency and also it's ahead of every other central bank, right? So some of the part of policy in China is really positive toward this industry. And... Based on that, and also for other reasons, I think, I think if you also take a look at the market share in China, for the order trading volume on the second market, Binance, OKEX, huobi they are still, you know, very major exchange in over the world, right? So second market trading volume in China still is quite big. And if you take a look at the you know, the mining business, which is also a very big industry in China, and it basically probably more than 90% of all the mining businesses are based in China. So overall, I think, you know, I try to define a cryptocurrency like this, you know, it's not, I'm not saying just like the U.S. and China, but there for sure there will be other like Korea and others. I think for the more like infrastructure level business, they will happen more in U.S. For example, like the Core, like all the, you know, public blockchain foundation, they were more based on U.S. or Europe. And for the others, kind of like a different kind of use cases. Yes or different kind of like uh, top level of things, like exchange, like wallet, like, you know, private mining business well. They will happen more in Asia, especially in China. So I think, you know, overall the business, the industry here is still very promising. Speaking of this industry, the relationship between this industry and the others, especially to VC and finance, I think they are somehow still, you know, related to each other. I noticed that some of the big venture capitals and try to allocate money into this industry with different kind of tools and, you know, vehicles. Like Sequoia, like others, they, you know, they already, you know, invested into some major cryptocurrency exchange and others. So I think VC is very closely related to to this industry. For the whole finance ecosystem and finance industry, because a lot of capital, a lot of assets are owned by the government, so they will probably move a little bit slower than, the, you know, probably more like uh, flexible money but eventually they will somehow allocate at least part of their capital into this industry through whatever tools and vehicles. I think that's still in the process but that's probably take much longer.
0: Cool stuff. Well thank you so much James for being on the show. If anyone wanted to reach out to you how could they get in contact?
1: Thank you very much guys and I think you know you can definitely try to check our website you know DFG website or ETC Labs website if you can you know also send me the message on Twitter I use Twitter frequently if not you can always try to contact me by wechat or send me an email so these are the ways to reach out to me thank you awesome thank you very much james